0: Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I'm Becky from BookcaseandCoffee.com. And with me this evening is my new co-host, Miss Leah.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: So um, on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, uh, Leah and I are going to kind of just chat. We're going to give you um, a little bit more insight into who Leah is and what she likes to read. And then we're going to get into the topic of the this or that of romance. We took some key points of the romance genre and she and I are going to kind of debate them back and forth and share with you what we love and what we don't love so much. So, um, (laughs) Leah, tell everybody again a little bit about yourself. Okay, well,
1: I am, I have been a stay at home mom for nine, almost 10 years now. And I have been an avid book reader, um, since I could read, um, I started with, um, showing my tomboy side a little bit. I loved Matt Christopher sports books as a kid in the babysitters club and Nancy drew and Hardy boys. And then I started stealing my mom's Harlequin romances about in high school and just, never kind of looked back but I will never say no to reading a book I'll read just about anything that's put in front of me um I love to read and I am very excited that my kids love to read um because they I think that's a huge thing
0: isn't that the best feeling when your kids become readers and you know
1: it, it is and it's funny because like my oldest uh for the longest time like he he claim that he was reading, and we never really, we believed him, but it's like, eh, you're like five, No, six, you're not, you're not actually reading that like, but my husband was reading him a story that he had read previously. And he, my husband missed a word or missed an entire page. And my oldest was like, hey, you forgot to tell me about this and this and this. And like basically read, like spoke verbatim, like the page that he skipped and we're like, okay, he's actually reading these books and he's actually <laughs> understanding them. That's pretty awesome. That's it was, pretty awesome. It was, it was crazy. Cause he he didn't mean to skip the page, but he did. And, and yeah, he was just like, daddy, you missed all of this.
0: That's so funny. Um so why romance? Why is romance your favorite genre? What draws you into these stories? It's it's just
1: it's I honestly I don't know why romance. I just I love it. Like there's so many different Aspects in so many different genres and subgenres, and they're like if there's something that you want, like there's suspense, like and I love a good suspense, like there's funny in a rom com, like if you just want something quick and easy and dirty, like you get that, and then you have like those sweet like palette cleanser books that every once in a while, like you need something just soft and like happy, and it's there's every type of book that you want to read is all here. But it gives you that happily ever after. And it's like there's always a positive note. And sometimes life is not so positive. And there was a time where we went through some really tough stuff. And and I kinda I needed that like separation and, and it gives not, you
0: hope, don't you think? And then you have these big you, emotions. Yeah.
1: yeah and and it it just it pulls you from reality for a few hours like it takes you to not that any book can't do that because any book can but like it just i don't know it's just different because like there's always that positive like outcome like not all books have that and no. going into a romance like you know it's going to be a happy ending
0: i think that part of it with romance at least it is for me is that there's also this reassurance that even if you're having a moment You know in your life of doubt self-doubt relationship doubt or you know maybe you screw up somehow Mm -hmm. in your relationship that there is redemption Mm -hmm. and in the end it's okay um and i appreciate that of that part of it you know i feel like these stories give us all some hope and some redemption and you know some spice
1: well, and it, I like it too, because it, it's not one of those genres that shies away from anything. Like, there's never, like, there's not a topic that you can't find. Like, they deal with death. They deal with loss. They deal with abuse. They deal with recovery. Like, there's just, there's a book for everybody. Like, we we lost one of our, our kids. He was stillborn. Um, he would be turning nine this summer. But it's, I love the fact that there are books in this genre that I can read that that is something that those characters go through. Like, they are capable of, of writing that in such a real profound way. And they, it's not shy in the way they talk about it.
0: No, and doesn't it in a way, because you have those moments of relatability. So for you, it's being the mother of, A child that you lost. For me, it's being, you know, a not so perfect wife. I like having those relatable moments in the stories. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm sure that they're out there in fiction or women's fiction. But I just, again, I like the happily ever after, you know, right
1: yeah and that's the thing like you you know like that happily ever after is coming like it might take a while to get there and it, they might go through some really shitty stuff to get there but like they get there yeah. and i mean yeah. not everybody has that in real life and it's it's tough because that i mean a romance like it falls it's reality in a sense because like there are those people where they they are living their true romance like life and there are other people who don't and and you want that happily ever after for everybody
0: yeah absolutely um so what is what makes a five-star read for you what is there i mean not every book is a perfect formula and we read a huge variety of books um but you know there are certain things you really want to see in a book to make it a five-star read for you. So what are some of those key points? Um, For me, like
1: I want to feel connected to the characters. I want to go into a book and I can feel like if they're sad, I can feel they're happy. Like, but you can, I also want when there's a hero and a heroine, I want to be able to feel their connection. Like I've read a couple of books recently where like I really, really connected with the hero or I connected with the heroine. But the two of them together, they just didn't seem to mesh for me. And it and so it wasn't a five-star because I didn't feel like they had that connection in that that true love aspect. That those like big I was, love
0: moment type. Those things. big love
1: moments. Like there were big moments, but like I I just felt like they fell flat. And I and I hate. I I hate getting into that. Like, I just I I want that connection. I yeah. want like a nice thought out plot. A lot of times, which sometimes you don't need that, and you just need that dirty, dirty spicy, sexy spicy. spicy PWP and PWP. Yeah, exactly. But but on like a longer book, you want that thought out, well developed plot that works with the characters not against them. I don't like a ton of angst. Like, it's not it's not my thing. Like, I, I like where they have regular everyday problems or in my suspense, like I like how there's always like an outside, like factor that threatens like their life or something like that, which I mean, that's very unrealistic in like my world, but other people's worlds that might be realistic. But I like that outside like issue i don't like a lot of like angst in the relationship itself um but a lot of like really angsty stuff is not is not for me not that i won't read it because sometimes you just need that like emotional like upheaval Push and pull yeah exactly and but then typically after i eat something really angsty i need something short and sweet and it just right to bring me back. And I like a lot of steam. <laughs> a lot of steam. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Like so it. let's get into our this or that of romance and we'll kind of get to know a little bit more of what you like in your stories. So and you too. Right. And me too. So first topic up. So the way we worked this out is we came up with one thing versus another. Each of us picked the one side that we're going to argue. So it might not be exactly how we feel, but we're going to give the merits to whatever our topic of choice is. So for the first one, it's high angst versus low angst. Yep. I got high angst and Leah I got, got so, and if you listen to the podcast, you know that higher angst stories are not always my jam. Um, but I have read some that I really did enjoy. So let's talk high angst versus low angst. Um. So good things about a high angst will go point to point back and forth um, and talk this out. So for me, I have high angst creates more drama in the story.
1: Mm -hmm. It definitely does. And then I have low angst gives more relationship development because there isn't a lot of fight. Um, Oftentimes the outside forces are the issue and that brings in other characters that are creating the problems.
0: But I think that with higher angst, you get a deeper emotional experience and it's more reactionary with the angst. Uh-huh. I can see that. You can see that. We honestly, we, we had a hard
1: time finding that hard line that we were taking because
0: yeah. of it, it's tough. So what else is good about a low angst story? Any other points? A low angst stories,
1: it there's not a lot of push and pull like they're it's a steady flow, um, with the characters. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, and you, I think higher angst. So if you want drama, read the higher angst. If you want that emotional kick in the gut feeling, higher angst stories are going to have it. I think that the, the lower angst tend to be more fall in love, swoony romances.
1: I feel like lower angst a lot of times are more slow burny. also like, Somewhere,
0: wow. yeah, sometimes, yes. Well, I'm thinking like Layla Hagen. She writes very low angst. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha Lind. She writes very low angst. There is no drama to their stories. They're fantastic stories. There's just no drama. And sometimes, though, you need a Candy Steiner or a Mo Maybe story that is going to be a little higher angst and a little more drama. To the story, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think also high angst books are the ones that leave us with the book hangover. Yeah. Okay. So next topic: cliffhanger versus no cliffhanger. What's your thought on cliffhangers?
1: Um, I I like a no cliffhanger. I need that instant gratification, and I don't want to wait for the happily ever after.
0: But I think cliffhangers give us a more developed story. Um. Instead of just a longer book that gets daunting, I mean, we read some authors that have really long books and sometimes the story can kind of flow down a little bit where it gets like, did we need all this background or did we need all these moments? Um, I think cliffhangers kind of break it up enough for you that you do get basically a longer book, but a fuller, more developed story and the time to savor the story instead of just pushing through.
1: And see, I think that the no cliffhanger doesn't drag the story too long because cliffhangers, there's always like at least two books, sometimes three books, like and it kind of goes on and on and on. And I don't feel like I think sometimes they get to be too much.
0: But I think there's more opportunity for character development when you have a cliffhanger because you're not just trying to get that 300 page book, you know, because you're going to have three 300 page books. So we're getting a little more character development if there's a cliffhanger. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. Okay, what's the next, what are the two next verses there? Next,
1: we have small town versus big city.
0: So big city, diversity.
1: Small town, not as busy as the big city with a slower paced like life.
0: Uh, relationships seem more glamorous in the city?
1: The small town, like you have that community feeling about it where everybody know like everybody feels like family.
0: But I will say in some big city romances, especially like if you're using, say, like a New York City setting, there are neighborhoods. The village can feel like a small town. They might know their neighbors, but I also think that big city allows for more possible settings and landmarks that everybody's gonna know
1: but in that small town like you're talking about like the people in the small town like you don't need those landmarks like those aren't necessary things okay
0: so what's next
1: next we have suspense versus rom-com i love a good suspense as we already said i feel like that element of suspense adds a lot of thrill and sometimes you need that and you never know what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, and I love a rom-com. I like the carefreeness, the funny, quirky characters. Um, I like the, you know, the hijinks that happens a lot in rom-coms, situational. I mean, I don't love situational comedy, so to speak, but I do like a good rom-com. Um, yeah, so anything else about suspense that you love? I just love it all. <laughs> just love it all. Okay, so the billionaire romance versus the blue collar everyday guy.
1: Okay, I picked blue collar. I like the added element of like the commonality with most people, like we're, I'm not a one percenter. I- <laughs> Very, very not one percenter. And I, I like having something in common with the the people that I read.
0: Yeah. um, I like that when you have a billionaire romance, the day-to-day problems are removed. And we can get more character development. You see true nature people without having to worry about real life issues. Um, books are an escape for me. So if we start, when we start going into blue collar and, you know, they're constantly worried about finances and, you know, home improvement issues and leaky faucets and, you know, wiggly toilets and stuff like that. It, it doesn't provide an escape anymore.
1: But I think, but I think that like, it gives you a portrait of how like other people deal with those sorts of regular everyday issues. Like, yes, they might have the leaky faucet, but, how do they deal with that leaky faucet? Maybe they meet the handyman that they're going to fall in love with, with that leaky faucet, or maybe they, I, I, it's just, they, you get a different perspective from those regular everyday issues in. But I
0: think, but with billionaire, I think that the depth, you know, is to the relationship. It also allows for more possible missteps, especially if, you know, sometimes the romances the or sometimes the billionaire romances, they come on equal footing. You know, they're both high powered executives or, you know, the daughter of the wealthy family that he's friends with. Um, but sometimes they are a little bit of the savior complex. And I know a lot of people don't really love savior complex. I'm, I'm really okay with it. If dude wants to buy me a pretty dress, um, and you know a nice fancy steak dinner okay your treat i'm okay not having to work i just again you know i i work now from home but i was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years and we have a son with some critical health issues money was tight for a really long time it's not fun i want to go to exotic locations Billionaire romances take me to exotic locations.
1: (laughs) But sometimes those blue collar ones take you to exotic locations too. Sometimes. The
0: mechanics shop down the street, not exotic. I mean, it's it's exotic right now. Well, right now everything's exotic. As I keep telling everybody, I'm too pretty not to have people bringing me drinks.
1: But they need to have an umbrella in them, right?
0: Right. Lots of umbrellas. Okay. Um, So next
1: we have a secret baby versus accidental pregnancy.
0: So these are two really similar tropes. Um, and lots of people don't want kids. I mean, we could even say kids versus no kids in your romance. We know plenty of people that don't want kids in their romance. Um, but I like it and I love a secret baby, but it has to be done. Well, yeah. And I think it's a, it's one of the, I think it also shows quality of writer if they can pull off yeah. secret baby done well.
1: And I feel like accidental accidental pregnancy, like, it also needs to be done well because it can't just be thrown in there. Like, it, there needs to be, like, a purpose to it. Like, for me, like, a lot of times it'll add, like, a new dynamic to the story where, like, the one of them didn't, like, were very adamant they didn't want kids, but they were, like, in this healthy, like, happy, like, happy like bubble and then whoops i'm pregnant and it it doesn't go well
0: i also think it gives us opportunity to show character development through the unexpected with secret baby you know here it is this man who is living his single life maybe those are my favorite ones baby dropped on doorstep he didn't know the former ex-girlfriend had a baby and now he's the caretaker for a baby and Maybe a nanny comes in, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a friend's sister that comes over to help him take care of the child. Um, And that adds a whole new dynamic for character development because, like, one of the best ones that I read was Legend by Sawyer Bennett. He's a hockey player that an ex-puck bunny drops a baby on his doorstep, his neighbor who he's warring with, she steps in to help him, and it's just really well done because here's this guy that's at the top of his game as a professional hockey goalie. <laughs> he cannot manage a tiny little baby.
1: <laughs> well, but I feel like accidental pregnancy, they, it kind of works hand in hand with that because like you get a lot of those parents to be who don't have a clue. Like, I mean, I, I know going into having our kids, like we plan to have our kids, but like we were lost. Like, And we went into it like knowing this was what we wanted to do. But I feel like the accidental, like it brings a new perspective to the relationship in a story because it's like you see what kind of like a hot mess some people are when they are put in that situation.
0: Well, and I like accidental um, or secret baby when it brings two people back together who might not have found each other again. So I'm thinking of like the Vegas one night stand. You know, it was a random hookup you know, fun night out at the club. And then they go their separate ways, never wanting to run into each other again. And life happens and something happens and they do have a chance reconnection. And part of that chance reconnection was she had a baby from that one night stand. Um, And again, I think it can be done really well in those instances. It's not like it's not like that they broke up because of circumstances. Um he didn't cheat on her or right. you know anything crazy like that. It was just circumstances they weren't going to be together. And then there was a baby and now they're together. But they're <laughs> not together because of the baby, you know. Yeah. So um okay, so this is a big one. Audiobook versus ebook versus paperback. Okay, I am not a fan of
1: audiobooks. I need to have that physical thing in front of me um I just i I cannot get into an audiobook and and you have told me, and lots of people have told me like there there are audiobooks that I would love, but I just I can't do it.
0: Well, I think part of the frustration so I love a good audiobook, and a couple of years ago, um we moved and I love to read, and it was very difficult for me. You know, I'm not a huge music listener. In our house, when we listen to music, it's a lot of Broadway tunes. Um, but I love something that I can sing along with or whatever. But when you're in packing, you can't really be distracted like that. So I love a good audiobook when we were doing that. And um, part of the frustration, I think, for some people with audiobooks is, especially if you're a quick reader you can read faster than the audiobook can read it to you
1: that that it that might be my hang-up because i am a very fast reader and i can finish a a 500 page book in like four or five hours which i feel bad for the author like because they work so hard on that but i have trounced that book in like hours but audiobooks take forever
0: Yeah. I cringe sometimes when I download an audiobook and it'll say, oh, 10 hours. And I'm like, (gasps) but if I have a big project that requires physical movement and not necessarily brain power, it's perfect. You know, like I should
1: have done that when I was painting our front room.
0: Yes. Well, like girl child, we need to clean her bedroom and go through her closet. It is not going to be a fun task and I need to go in there by myself and shut the door and just get it done. And I'm probably going to be in there for like three days. So I'll pick some good audiobooks and listen to them while I do it. But, you know, so ebook versus paperback.
1: Honestly, I love a paperback. I would read a paperback every day of my life, but I don't have space for paperbacks. Like I, so I probably about, no, it's probably about eight years ago, I went to the ebook, because I would drop my paperbacks on my children's heads while they were nursing. And that was not really good. So I switched to the ebook. So I could read and nurse in the middle of the night, like I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to find my page. Like, if I fell asleep while doing all that stuff, it wasn't a big deal. Like if I dropped it, it wasn't heavy. And after I went ebook, book, and I never went back. Because we like, we don't live in a big house. We don't have the extra space for all of the books. My husband actually made me get rid of a lot of my books because he's like, we don't need this. Like my kids have a ton of books and we're slowly like filtering out like the ones that they're too old for because we have a bajillion for them. But it's, it's a space thing for me. Like if I, if I had a library all to myself, it would be amazing, but I don't,
0: so yeah. I go and I can't even defend a paperback, like, oh, it's worth it. Get a paperback because in 2010 I got a nook. My husband bought me a nook for Valentine's Day in 2010. And I never looked back. I'm a huge library user. Previous to working in the industry, I, you know, used my library religiously. And um in Ohio, they have a fantastic digital ebook library. And I never wanted for books. The only time that I ever got really frustrated with books is in the early years of e-readers. Every year around Christmas, my wait lists would grow, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'd go to get a new release, say early January, and it'd be like, you're number 72 out of, you know, 120. And it's like, What the heck, people? And it's because everybody and their brother got e readers for Christmas that year, and you know they're all trying to use the digital library. But I'm very fortunate. Ohio has a fantastic library system, and where I live, the e books are abundant and lots of choices. And we also get Hoopla, which is great for audiobooks because I get ten or twenty downloads a month on Hoopla, and so I can listen to audiobooks there also. So I'm a big I do, you know, and that's not a topic we put in here, but we'll have to do that at some time. Talk about, you know, the library versus Kindle Unlimited versus Hoopla. Because, you know, some people don't love Kindle Unlimited. But I think
1: that's a a situational, like, locational thing, too. Because, like, you're in Ohio and you have a great e-library and I'm in Pennsylvania, which it's just over the border of Ohio, but our library system for ebooks is not as good. And like I live in a very small town, like our local, a like, county library, is it they don't have a lot of anything. So it's yeah. it's I think it's a locational thing for the library system. Yeah. A lot of it.
0: Okay, so uh, next is standalone versus a series.
1: I like a good standalone, but I like the standalones that are multiple like books also like.
0: Okay. So let's talk, let's define this real quick. So what are you defining as a standalone?
1: Because sometimes
0: we hear authors say this is a standalone book, but it's part of a series. Well, I like the
1: standalones where it is that book, only that book, there's no other book connected to it. I like those. But then I also like a book where it's like smack in the middle of the series, but you do not have to read the first one and the third one, but you can read book number 2 and not be lost. Like sometimes those ones have like interconnecting stories. Sometimes they don't. Um there are a lot of them where it's like it's a family, but there's no underlying like overarching theme overarching that was the word I was looking for overarching there's no overarching theme or story that goes along with it so like I like those ones too because every once in a while like you'll find a series where you like it's a family of brothers and you like a brother here and a brother there but you don't like that brother so you don't want to read it
0: yeah and, and we've recently come across those we did um the bad brothers from Jacinda Wilder And we read the first book, but those easily can be picked up and read a standalone and you can pick and choose your brothers that you want to read. You do not have to read all. I think we figured out there were what, 16 books in that series? There are 18 18 books in that series. There's the brothers,
1: but then there's the cousins and then the cousins of the cousins.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you don't have to, um, but you don't have to read those. You can pick and choose those books out. Um. And but then there's, like
1: like the Bootleg Spring series by Claire Kingsley and Lucy Score, like there's that overlying like Callie Kennedy. Callie Kennedy no, is it
0: Kennedy? I don't remember.
1: I'm drawing a blank now. The overlying but, but, Callie but see, story where
0: I do like a series with an overarching theme. I'm the person that will sit there and read, especially if it's like a really good theme. So like what you're talking about is it's a small town series where the girl disappears and there's this series of like five family members or six family members in this book. And uh, all of them deal with a family secret being uncovered. That's connected to this disappearance of this girl. And it, you know, you really need to read each one To know, you know, how they all these pieces connect to get to the last book. And I do like those. And I do like, I love when characters revisit from other stories and come into stories or when storylines are written concurrently. You know, book one and book two happen at almost the exact same time. So, you couple A, you're seeing their story, but it's also connected to couple two's book and their story. And I don't know. I like that. It makes it feel, I don't know, a bigger story, like a bigger world kind of thing. (laughs) So, okay, next. Covers. Book covers. 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 There's a lot of dating covers,
1: especially right now, because there's so much, like, the illustrated versus non-illustrated. Like, there's a lot of illustrated covers that are coming out recently, like, more and more in the past, like, year or so.
0: And it used to be that only rom-coms had the illustrated covers, but we're seeing others yeah, uh, on other pieces. So let's do that. Illustrated or non-illustrated? Which See, do I like you? an
1: illustrated cover.
0: Do you? I do. See, and I do not. I feel like I end up more disappointed at the end of an illustrated cover book. I just don't feel like the story lived up to the cuteness of the cover. See,
1: and I think, I think with the photo covers, like, there's, I know it's tough, but I feel like there's so many times where, like, you see the photo and you're like, this is what the character looks like, but then they don't. Like, yeah. Like, you'll get a cover with brown hair and blue eyes, but your character is blonde with brown eyes.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about photoed covers. Uh, we see a lot of men on our covers versus couples. I mean, if you look at the old school 80s, 90s historical romances, and even the contemporary romances of the 1980s and the 1990s, they had a lot of couples featured on them.
1: They did have a lot of
0: couples. And the trend currently is just the dude.
1: With the occasional female centric cover like popping in
0: yeah we don't see those very often i mean i Mm -hmm. can only the cocky hero club have had two of them recently that were female featured but i can't think of a lot that are just a female on the front cover
1: (laughs) i don't know any other ones that no there is a um april wilson they're in her one um, series there are a couple i'm not sure if they're novellas kennedy mitchell
0: kennedy mitchell her uh she has a romantic suspense and i think book one has a female in a red dress on the cover and there there
1: are some authors who like though they have like the male cover and then they'll do like a female special edition cover like sarah nae did that for her douchebag series like she has the male image but she did like a special edition female cover and it was like a totally different shade of the color also. So she went like with the more pastel and like the female version. Well,
0: and Monica Murphy for her uh, date series, she has in the ebook to sell like on the marketplace, Amazon, Barnes and Noble and all those and iTunes. It is a photographed copy of a man. But if you buy her paperbacks, they're an illustrated cover. Huh.
1: I did not know that. Yeah. Now, is it an illustrated like photograph or is it completely different?
0: No, it's completely you know, different. There those where like
1: they almost cartoon- With the
0: alternate color. Okay. Nope, this is an alternate cover that is her paperbacks have like an illustrated cover and uh-huh. that have nothing to look and they look nothing like the photographic cover that's on the ebooks huh. in the marketplace. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so, does your man need to wear a shirt or no shirt? Um, no shirt, no shirt no shirt. I don't know. I guess I think that if there's some really good arm porn, you know, so short shirt sleeves, I could be okay with that, and maybe some tattoos peeking out like, I like that I like that v you always get that v
1: ah, uh, yeah, okay.
0: Okay, so that's it for this and that this time. Um, we will revisit this and talk topics again. But um, so recently in the last couple episodes, we've added a piece to the podcast that we call The Romance Buzz. So this can be maybe any big storylines that are happening romance. Maybe um, someone really exciting released a book or maybe a book is being turned into a TV show or maybe this is a situation where it's something that has to do with publishing. Um, we've talked in the past about Bridgington's and um, some of that kind of stuff. So for this one, we're going to kind of hit a little bit of an itchy subject, but just in vague terms. We're not getting specifics. Um, over the last few weeks, uh, we have had some rumblings in Romance Landia. An author was accused of plagiarism it brought to light that the author allegedly had used a ghostwriter to help supplement some of her work. And it was alleged that that ghostwriter is who plagiarized. Um, If you search the internet, there are word for word copies of what is being alleged that was plagiarized. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics of that. Um, I actually want to talk about plagiarism and then ghostwriters, because I have Big feelings on this. Big feelings. Um, So plagiarism first. Like, didn't we learn that in, like, fifth grade? I
1: I think that was, like, a basic rule of our English classes. Like, if you're going to write a story, you need to write your own
0: words. Right. Don't copy, like, research papers 101. Do not copy word for word out of the book. Unless you're quoting and you
1: must... You must what is it you have to to highlight the quote what is that called con
0: you have to well, put you the have to, you have to put the quote in you have to footnote it you've gotta, it. You gotta right. have your and, like, your page at the back with all of, like where are you got bibliography your yeah, with our like, references yeah like it's it's not hard people write your own damn stories yeah that and it's you, like a basic rule of
1: writing like that we learn early,
0: yeah, I just you know, and I assume that there is people read an idea and then they turn it around for their own. And this is why you have beta readers. This is why you have editors so that they can say, hey, 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 this sounds really similar to X, Y, Z's story. You need to rework how this comes out, because there are times that we read different stories and we'll even say to each other, didn't that really kind of feel almost like this story? But there was enough uniqueness that it wasn't plagiarized because it wasn't word for word. Um, but, it, you know, there there is some copying going on. We see it a lot in titles. We see it a lot in covers. Um, and you well, can't really like, reinvent the wheel sometimes. And and I feel like
1: in romance, like, you, you get that trope where it's, like, friends to lovers or um, best friends, brothers, or, like, you get in that trope and, like, you almost get... You, it's almost like they're stuck in this like same story type thing, and it's like they forget to put their own spin on it almost.
0: Well, and it starts to feel very, um, overplotted sometimes, almost mechanical. If they continue, like, if this author is well known for writing small town romance, every one of their small towns feels exactly the same, right? So, I mean. Sometimes you have to shake it up and move things around. Um But then but let's talk about ghostwriters now. <laughs> I, I don't get I, it. I, I don't, don't get it.
1: Honestly, like I don't get it from the ghostwriter's perspective. Like if you're taking the time to put your words to paper, why would you not want the credit yourself? Like
0: I mean I understand ghostwriting for nonfiction. I even understand sometimes um Patterson, James Patterson, he will have he will like sponsor a book. But that's
1: different though. Like the, I don't feel like that's right. ghostwriting. I feel like Well, that... everyone's
0: like, he's using ghostwriting. He's not he helped the development of that story he's more like a mentor for the author that wrote that story he's he's
1: like that stepping stone like that that right. story wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him
0: but i understand ghostwriters for like politicians rock stars um celebrities like did matthew mcconaughey really write his biography or was it written in conjunction with a ghostwriter and i don't know i haven't looked up that specific story but you know i know that barack obama his autobiography that he released he had a ghostwriter that is clearly credited in the book as you know because he put down all the ideas and the ghostwriter helps them put them in yeah you know into the right order or word sentencing and all that kind of stuff in but fiction. again though
1: like that ghostwriter like they they still got the credit though like yes they yeah. it, but their name was still kind of on that you know what i mean
0: right but i have big problems with ghostwriters in fiction particularly in romantic fiction i have too many author friends and i work with too many authors that i see struggling to put words on paper yes and that are yes. giving this is their life stream, so they're doing everything they ha- can in their power to make this dream come true. And words are not easy. And you as an author who claim to be an author, are actually hiring out for someone else to write your book, just so you can slap your name on it? I feel betrayed. Yeah. I I. Yeah,
1: and the author the- that's
0: been accused is not one that I've ever read. I have not not either. So I mean, I don't know. I don't
1: know.
0: Ghostwriters, I just I came across. Yeah, when we were on the week when this all kind of fell out, I was on TikTok. Because, you know, I get lost on TikTok for hours. I was on TikTok and there was a ghostwriter that was like, I've been a ghostwriter for the last six years, but tomorrow my book comes out. And that's really great. But it doesn't make me want to read her book either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you shared that
1: with me. And I was like, hmm, do I want to to go into that?
0: Yeah, I don't. Because part of me just wants to be like, tell me who you ghost wrote for. <laughs> so I know what your books are going to read like. You know. That's true. Are you going to, you know, are you an X kind of author? Or are you X kind of author? And then I'll pick you out from there if I want to read your stuff. Anyway. <laughs> We don't need ghostwriters in romance. Okay. Um. Anyway, what's next? So
1: we always like to talk about what we're reading right now. So I am currently reading Michigan for the Winter by Dr. Rebecca Sharp. It um, is coming out pretty soon. It's a part of her Country Love series. They're all not interconnected standalones. Like they exist. They're in this bigger series of rom-coms, but they are completely by themselves.
0: You were reading it a little earlier and you were saying how hard you were laughing at different parts of it. There are some there's
1: some funny moments. There are. I like a yes. I love a book that makes me laugh out loud and my entire family looks at me weird because I'm just sitting there laughing.
0: That's hilarious. Um so I'm reading 40 Love by Olivia Dade. It's been out for a little bit. It was nominated for a couple of our top shelf awards. Um and actually Minnesota Hockey Mom and I are going to do a quick shot of romance on this coming up. So I'm excited to get into this. She writes, Olivia Dade writes, real bodied heroes and heroines. So it's always nice. I'm excited for that. And then we have our notable upcoming releases.
1: Um, My Beautiful Neighbor by Piper Rain is coming out on the 23rd of February. Over a Barrel by Kelly Kaye is coming out february 24th there's a novelette um, by mimi kinley called scoring position it's coming out the 22nd and then um, naughty pine by i apologize i'm going to not do this name justice by sybilla matilde it is also coming out the 22nd do you know how to pronounce her name because i don't think
0: i pronounced it right i think it's like sybil I think oh, it's a weird people? spelling as Sybil. Oh. I don't know. But so both Scoring Position and Naughty Pine are spicy, super Very sexy spicy. stories. So um, if you're looking for sexy, those are sexy. Over a Barrel is book one in a duet. Um, but it and- does preface
1: that it's in a duet. It does not, yes. it does
0: not yep. leave you hanging. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, and I will say Over a Barrel is very uniquely written. It's written in a TikTok timeline. So all of the present day actions take place in the course of one night with flashbacks. So it's very well written, very interesting way to write a book. So if you're looking for something a little different, it's definitely worth a try. Um, any other books that we have notable releasing coming up? I don't think coming up right now. There's a there's a lot of good
1: stuff coming up in the next month or so, but yeah, we don't want to overwhelm you with your additions
0: to your tbr list that we get kind of fussed at every once in a while by certain people about our tbr list um so we have a happy hour coming up this coming friday on um february the 26th we will have author jenna hartley um we're going to celebrate her latest release hot shot which is part of the everyday hero world correct yes And you can find us live on the YouTube February the twenty sixth, eight p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, You can like and subscribe that channel. Links for it are all over our social media and on the website. And then it'll let you know when we drop quick shots and when we put up new episodes of Happy Hours and stuff. So, and then. yeah we do it march is going to be so fun so much fun in march um but i'm I'm looking forward to talking to jenna i think she's such she's so nice she was one of our first author interviews for the podcast when we started so i'm excited to kind of check in with her and see how things have been going for her over the last nine months so that will be fun um drunk book club best night of the month um <laughs> we are reading come again by jiffy kate we meet we meet virtually on march the 12th 8 p.m central standard time to chat we'll be joined by the author duo jiffy kate they actually it's two women that write together um and drunk book club is exclusive to our patreon but you know it's so worth it if you're interested send us an email it's a good we'll time. Kind of try it out. It's a little
1: chaotic
0: and kind of a hot mess at the
1: same time, but it is it is a lot of fun. We get to just hang out and talk books, and it's nice to have that one on one with an author. And it's it's very relaxed. It's yeah, like, there's no pressure for anybody, no.
0: and we're not pretentious either. I mean, that's no. part of the reason that we picked the name like Drunk Book Club, because it's just about love of books and coming and having a good time. Like, we don't take ourselves seriously at all <laughs> no. not at all <laughs> um so i wanted to give a quick patreon update we've had some new members join us recently we have leanne rachel Kristen, and haley um we also have added in the last couple months a discord server is one of the perks of being part of our patreon um we do a ton of chatting and book recs over there all the latest in romance landia, themes for book club plus topics for upcoming episodes and where to find all the free books so that we can all grow our TBR lists. Um <laughs> you can join us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month to help support the podcast. We also host 2 to 3 virtual book check-in chats within a month. I think we don't always
1: talk books. Something usually starts as books, but then it beers off into
0: whatever (laughs) land we wanted to but i think in february i mean this is only what this episode drops february 21st i think we've already met virtually three times this month i think we might have and then we still have a night so we read bad mf by jacinda wilder for drunk book club and they had um, an issue come up last minute and we're not able to make it to drunk book club the night that we hosted it. So they kindly are giving us an evening yeah. on February 27th. They're just going to come hang out with us and talk I mean, books. I mean, and we're, we're, we're a pretty
1: cool group who wouldn't want to come hang out with us. So I think that af- with that, we'll have
0: met like four or five That's times. a lot. This- month. So yeah. So if you love talking romance books, if you are looking for a tribe of people that love romance books, um find us. Find us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Um and that helps uh support the podcast. And we've got some projects in the works too coming up. So we yeah, have a lot of fun new stuff coming yeah. up in the
1: next couple months.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. And if you're part of the fancy drinks level of Patreon, you have the opportunity to co-host Quick Shots of Romance with us, which is kind of fun and a cool little perk. Yeah, you don't have to listen to just Becky and I
1: all the time. You get a little bit of a different voice in there every once in a while. (laughs) Right?
0: That's nice. Sometimes nobody wants to listen to me, at least in my house. (laughs) Anyway, thanks everyone for joining us for this episode. We'll be back next time with author danica flynn and her hockey inspired romances so see y'all soon bye everybody
1: find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly join the bookcase and coffee patreon and receive exclusive content only available to patreon members check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on the shelf show notes